worship the Bible, but we walk in its truth. Amen. Glory to God. God bless you this morning. I'm going to preach to you from God's Word this morning as I try to every Sunday. Particularly today, I'm going to stress scriptures that I bring, believe will bring to you a great understanding of how to walk with God and how to serve Him more effectively. Taking just a couple of minutes to let everybody kind of find their way back in here. And while they do, I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Romans chapter 12. There are two verses of Scripture I'm going to read, and then later on I'm going to go to another extended verse of script, verses of Scripture. As I share to you with you a message this morning that I've called, How About God's Will? We talk about God's will. We converse about it. We ask questions about it. We struggle over it. We wonder what it really is. And I want to t- try to give you a simplified explanation as clearly as I can possibly give it to you this morning of what God's will is and how it works in your life. First of all, it is not God's will is not some esoteric plan that he put forth about you and has some mighty calling that he's devised for your life and then refuse to let you know what it is. Because some of us think if we could just find the will of God, we could be victorious. And the will of God is the easiest thing we can possibly know and come to understand as servants of God. I'm going to show you in the scriptures today how that is true. But here is another fact. Disobedient people I'll say disobedient Christians, will not know the will of God. Unsteady, unstable Christians will not know the will of God. Unwilling, unsurrendered, undedicated Christians will not know the will of God. Stubborn, selfish, self-reliant, independent of the Spirit, will not know the will of God. It isn't that God's will is hiding from you. It's that you're not developing yourself to come into an understanding of God's will for your life. How about God's will? Not your will, not your plan, not your way. Well, I don't like this idea of tithing or giving. I think it's fundraising, preacher. Well, you go and find in the Bible where you're right and I'm wrong. And then I'll agree with you. Well, you talk so much about prayer, and I don't see much about it happening, and I just say, I'm wondering about it. Well, keep on wondering as long as you want to, and as long as you wonder whether God answers prayer, you'll never know God's will. I'm simplifying this for you today. You can walk in the will of God and know that you're in God's will. I am going to tell you that there are certain specific times that God calls us to certain specific things, and that will require a message from God revealing His will to us. But that's not the normal thing. If you're not called to be a missionary, 
We're called to be a preacher or a pastor. If you're not called to some foreign, unusual, exotic place that you're supposed to be there and plant your life to give the Word of God to people, a revelation of God is not what you need. An understanding of God's Word is what you need. I want to share some of that understanding with you today. And you're going to say, oh, but, but Pastor, Pastor, you said that before. Well, yeah, sure I have. And you're going to say, but I've heard that so many times. Sure you have. You, you, you will have heard almost everything I say today at one or more times in the past. But there's nothing wrong with you hearing it again. In fact, you ought to keep hearing it until you start doing it. Some of us are a lot like the, the pastor that went to a church. And when he first went to the church, he preached a sermon, and everybody really liked it. It was just so wonderful. They enjoyed it. And next Sunday, he preached the same sermon. Sunday after that, he preached the same sermon. And for six weeks, he preached the same sermon every Sunday. And finally, a committee of the church came to him and said, Pastor, we want to know when you're going to preach on something different. He said, well, as soon as you start preaching, start doing what I'm preaching already. So I'm not claiming that I'm giving you any new revelation today. But I am going to tell you that if you'll hear what I'm saying and receive it, you will clearly understand the will of God and how it works and develops in your life. Because God doesn't need to give you a special revelation of a calling for the will of God. I cannot tell you how many times I've had people at an altar, not just this one, but this one and other altars, who said, oh, what are you praying for? I just want to know the will of God. I just want to know the will of God. And so I don't, there's not much need my pray for them. I may say, well, God, help them know God, your will and move on. Because there's some things that you can't give to somebody else. And when God has already given you something, already given you a clear definition already given you a clear pathway to achieve it, already revealed to you everything you need to know about something, why would you be down on your knees praying saying, Oh, God, show me, show me, show me. Why would you do that? When he's already shown you, why don't you just take what he's shown you? Shh. You know, I've had two distinct times in my life when God told me, clearly told me, this is my will, why don't you just do it? And I was just like I just described to you. I was just like that. Oh, God, please show me your will. Please, God, get me out of this. One time I was loading ammunition boxes. I told you that. I won't tell you again. If you've never heard me tell it, gather up and I'll tell you after the service. Had a job between the first two years of college, and I hated it. I despised it. Sweaty, grimy, dirty, and of all things, I was called to preach. I didn't think I'd ever have to work like that after God called me to preach. He does sometimes strange things. But it was a good thing for me because I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. God, where are all these people that wanted me to preach? They never asked me one time. I gather around my head, I say, I say I'm ready. They don't say a thing to me. I'm going back to those boxes every day, wearing myself out, sweating myself out. And I prayed one, so one night, I 
was praying, I said, oh, God, just like I've been praying for so long, please show me, please show me, oh, Lord Jesus. And, 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 and as I did that, God showed me a place in the Scriptures, and I read it many times before. I just hadn't paid any attention to it because I didn't want to receive it, I guess. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I was reading, I said, oh, God, please show me, please show me what I'm supposed to do. Please show me how I'm supposed to get out of this. Help me, oh, God. And I opened the Scripture, and there it was. I always say when I say this, I don't recommend that that's not a way to study the Scriptures. But sometimes God does speak to us in distinct ways because, first of all, He wants to get our attention, and second of all, sometimes He wants to just shut us up, begging and pleading about what we're already supposed to know. So I got over there in, 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 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and that, that night, while I was praying for God to open up doors for me to preach, places for me to go, things to do to touch the world for the kingdom, instead of loading ammunition boxes, and this is what God showed me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it said, as I read it clearly, it said, Rejoice evermore. I was not rejoicing. And then it said, Pray without ceasing. I wasn't praying without ceasing. He said, I was begging God to get me out of that place. And then it said, in everything, give thanks. It got worse and worse. And then the clincher of it all, the last part of it says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, folded up my Bible. I got up off my knees, and I said, I guess this is it. I'm doomed to this place, at least for the rest of the summer. And God didn't say you are, but I knew he'd already told me I was. And I was. I stayed there. Another time, I, it was, I was in a large, important ministry. I thought it was. It seemed like, but I, I, I became so disillusioned with it. I, got, I became so discouraged with it. Not because nothing was happening, but I'd been through a lot. I'd, I'd been right through the sickness. I've told you about so many times when I was so direly ill. And I was on my knees. I'll, I'll, I will never forget this. I was on my, I'd been praying and praying and praying. I was looking for a place to go. I called my friends. Do you know of any churches that might be open? Well, down here, Pike's Crossroads is open over here. <laughs> I think they're still having services. You might try there. That's about the best response I got. I had been in a place where my, my ministry had always, always been in demand, and I was rejoiced in that. I always had full opportunities. In my, when I was an evangelist, my schedule was booked up. And I always rejoiced in that. Here I was at the time begging God for a place to go, and it looked like nobody wanted me. And the reason nobody wanted me was because God wanted me to stay where I was. I wanted to leave. God wanted me to stay. And I was on my knees praying, and I said, oh, God, if you'll just get me out of this, I'll praise you for it. For if you'll just lift me up and take me out of this, I was in Clemens, North Carolina, down on my knees in the lower part of a pri-level house. I couldn't get any lower than that. They had no basement. If there was, I'd have gone down in the basement. I cried out to God, get me out of this thing. I thought of, I dreamed of having a television station. I've told you before, I had a dream. I woke up and found out it was a nightmare. <laughs> God, please get me out of this. And God spoke to me kneeling down before that old sofa. My, my knees on the carpet and crying out to God. And God said to me as clearly as he's ever said, no, I want you to stay. I want to go. No, I want you to stay. 
Usually God doesn't have to tell you to stay somewhere when he puts you there. He has to tell you to leave. I was begging him to tell me to leave or let me leave. Just give me permission to go. Show me a place to go. No, I want you to stay here. And so I said, God, this is what I'm going to do. I hear your voice. And you said to stay. And I'm going to stay. But I will not. I will not be in control. I will do your work. But I will tell you, anybody, and this is what I will say to you, Lord. Send me the people that need to be on television who have a message to share. Because anybody you send to me who's got the right doctrine, I will put them on television if I have to pay the cost out of it. You send them to me. But if you're going to tell me to stay, I'm going to tell you to take it over and do it. And from that time, that started to flourish, and things started to happen, and God turned it around. They had a better period of time than they ever had before. I still wanted to go. I confessed to you, I still wanted to go. But I was ready and willing to do what God wanted me to do, and out of that, God blessed me. And the result of that, when it all came to an end, was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in all of my life, when that came to an end. God showed me. If you'll stay where God wants you, if you'll follow where God wants you to go, if you'll do what God tells you to do in His Word, walk with Him, stay close to Him, live for Him, obey Him, the result will always be blessing because God is a good God. God is a good God. He's not trying to hide His plan from you or keep you from knowing what He wants you to do. He wants to reveal it to you in all of His brilliant fullness. And so... Here's the scripture I'll bring to you, Romans chapter 12. This is something you know very well, but I want you to listen to it carefully again. I beseech you, by therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, not by the judgment of God, not by the fear of God, not by the threats of God, but by the love of God, by the mercies of God, by the grace of God. I beseech you, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, yourself, your entire being as a sacrifice unto Him. That seems pretty simple. But you know how hard it is to do sometimes. Present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Holy. H-O-L, not W-H. H-O-L-Y. Holy. Uh, separated. Dedicated. Committed. Life, your body, a sacrifice. Give up. A sacrifice is giving it up, paying the price. A living sacrifice, holy, which is acceptable unto God. Because this is your true spiritual worship. That's the translation that's correct. Your reasonable service, the King James says, but every translation says it is your true spiritual worship. If you want to truly spiritually worship God, you will have to give yourself up as a sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, because that is what your true spiritual worship is. We sing songs, we raise our hands, we praise God, and that's all wonderful. It has its place, but that's not the depth of worship, because you can do that without true worship. You know that, don't you? You know, you can stand up and wave and sing songs and whatever else that all goes with it. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just telling you that that, you can do that and not truly be worshiping. But you cannot give yourself up as a sacrifice, a complete dedicated sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. 
That's true spiritual worship. When you give it all up on the altar, you sacrifice yourself to the consecration of the call of God and the Holy Spirit's dedication in your life. That's true spiritual worship. Which is your true spiritual worship. And, and, God so many times puts an end to it. And this, let me add this to it in case you don't know Christians, he said. And, be not conformed to this world. Oh, glory. Oh, Sometimes don't you just wish he'd leave you alone and not tell you all these many different And be not conformed to this world, but be ye renewed. This is the renewal by the transforming of your mind. And when your mind gets in the order of God, listen carefully now, the renewing of your mind. When your mind gets in the order of God, when your mind gets into the acceptance of God's Word and receives the message of the Holy Spirit, when your mind is not on the world of darkness, but on the kingdom of light, when your mind is not absorbed with the philosophy of the world, but with the revelation of Jesus Christ, when your mind is not caught up in the politics of this hour, but you're caught up in the knowledge that Jesus Christ is coming again, and you're living for that, then your mind is renewed in the power of the Holy Spirit by the renewing of your mind. Why? Why do you want to do Why do you want to get out of that darkness, out of that worldliness, into the renewal of the Spirit of God and the freshness of the revelation of His truth in your mind, a new thought pattern. Why do you want to get to that place? For this reason, the latter part of the verse said, that you may prove. God likes us to prove things, doesn't He? I keep finding it more and more and more. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect. What? Will. that hard to know what God's will is. It's just hard to accept it and do it sometimes. Harder to accept it and do it than it is to know it. And the reason we say we don't know it because we need something to cover over the fact that we're not doing what reveals God's will to us. Because if we will do what reveals God's will to us, we will know it. Obedience brings the revelation of God's will. Standing in the place that God's called you to be in, just what I gave to you from Romans chapter 12. That is what reveals to you what God's will is for you and for all of God's people. Make that step, and then God begins to use us. God begins to develop us. God begins to bring us to places that He wants us to be. I remember when I was praying so earnestly for two and a half years, and, and I, wasn't, I, I, I wasn't praying for God's will as far as living for Him. I just, I prayed for God to put me where I could be of service for the rest of my life. That's all I was asking for. And I, and I, I wanted to pray for God to reveal His will to me. I was, I was praying for God to show me where He wanted to be in service for me. That's the difference, you see. I knew, I knew by that time I had realized God's will. 
The Spirit of the Lord made me know it. It was, use the rest of your life. Follow your really harsh desires. Use the rest of your life. Spend every day of the rest of your life building the kingdom of God, declaring the truth of Jesus Christ. So that's what I was praying to be able to do. It's just that I didn't know where to do it. I just wanted God to put me in the right place to do it. That's why I think Orange Park is and Clay County is such a wonderful place. It's the best place I've ever been. I've been in God's will. I've walked in God's will. But God picked me up and put me down here. Now, it wasn't what I was so thrilled about ahead of time. But once I got here, and after being here for a while, after May 15th of 2011, I knew that this was God's place for me. I wasn't. I don't think any of that time I prayed, "Oh God, show me Your will. Show me Your. Show me Your." And I, I have learned so over a period of time with, with, with kind of a head-on Budinsky occasions with God that that he he's told me sometimes pretty forcefully, like I've told you two times already. I don't. I, I am supposed to know God's will. I'm supposed to know God's will, and so are you. Because the Bible makes it very clear for us. Out of walking and living in God's will, then God's plan for us develops. Do you see the difference? We're not walking around saying, oh, God, show me your will. He's shown us what his will is. We live for him. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And what I'm going to show you again in just a moment, even more clearly helps us to understand what His will is. Once we know God's will and we're walking in God's will, then God leads us into places where He wants us to be to proclaim what we want to proclaim. So here we go again. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to emphasize that by, by reading some of these verses for you this morning. And if you have your Bible, you can follow with me or you can just pay close attention. And I won't mislead you. Romans chapter 5. Let me start reading with, uh, I'll start reading with verse 7 of, 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 of Ephesians. I might have said Romans. I mean Ephesians chapter 5. Start reading with verse 7. Therefore, there are some things that came before it. You need to read all of that. I'm just not taking time to do it. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Don't become partners with people of darkness and with the polluters, the spiritual polluters of the world. Don't become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And now get this. Listen. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Learn and learn to do Discern, understand, clearly comprehend what is pleasing to the Lord. And when you discern and receive and decide to act upon what is pleasing to the Lord, then you are walking more and more in the depth of God's will. Discern, clearly understand, come to a comprehension of what is pleasing to the Lord. You know very well that you get up sometimes and you're in a certain situation that you're dealing with. It may be relatively minor. But you know what you're doing is not pleasing to God. 
stick that candy bar in your pocket, and you're planning to pay for it when you get up to the cash register, but you happen to walk out and forget it, and you say, well, it's not worth turning around and going back. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I remember one time I drove through a McDonald's drive through and I gave the uh, person in there, I think it was a $5 bill, I don't remember, it was something, small bill, paid paid for more than more than paid for what I had bought. And uh, when the change came back to me, I didn't count it to start with, but it seemed like a lot. So I drove on through and I got on home and I said, and I've, I've made a lot of money on this transaction. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to have that. I counted up and I think she gave me a change for a 20. I had a bunch of change there and I thought, well, boy, that's just a great blessing, isn't it? No, I didn't think that at all. I just thought somebody made a mistake and I knew this. I knew that clerk was going to have to pay that bill. <laughs> when your cash register comes up short at McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or somewhere like that, they ain't going to say, oh, God bless you, we'll make it up. They're going to say, take comes out of your money. So knowing that, I went back and I drove through the drive-thru and I drove and I told the person, I said, I think you gave me too much money. In fact, I know you did and I want to bring this back to you. And she said, oh, wait just a minute. She didn't know what to do with it. I, so she said, wait just a minute and, and uh, went back into the, uh, the bill. And the manager came up there and said, what's this about you wrong, getting the wrong change? He thought I was trying to get money back. I said, well, uh, I'm sure your clerk gave me the wrong change because I, I didn't I didn't give her that larger bill and I got more money back than I was supposed to get. And I just came to bring the money back. He said, oh, 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 excuse me, you came to bring money back? I said, yeah. So I had given him the money back. And so he said, we well, said, well, I've never had this happen before. He didn't know what to do about it. I've never had this happen. Was everybody, nobody's ever done this for me before. And, and so I said, well, I just, this is an honest thing to do, and I didn't want to cause a difficulty for your for your clerk. And I'd, so I just walked back. He said, well, wait, wait just a minute. And he went back, and he got all kinds of books, all kinds of McDonald's books, coupons in it. And I don't know how many he gave me. He gave me a whole handful of them. He, he said, he said, I said, I just want you to take these. You keep coming here. He said, we, I've never had anybody do this before, so I want you just to take all these people come there and use them. And if you need anything else, he said, what's your name? I told him about one. If you need anything else, just come into the store and ask me. I'll take care of it for you. So I took all those. I, I, I ate more at McDonald's for the next while than I had for a long, long time. I had all those coupons. I walked in there and paid my bill. So, and so, but I knew, that my point is to you, that I knew that was, I knew that that was not the right thing for me to do to keep that money. And, and, and you know when what you're doing is not pleasing to the Lord. I backed out of the place at the beach. One, one, I was there, and I don't remember what I was there. I had a condo out there. I backed out across the street in narrow streets, and I walked back down the driveway. And as I backed out of the driveway, I knew I heard a crunch because there was a car parked illegally in the street on the other side, so the place was narrow to back into and I backed out, and I heard, I knew I heard a scrape and a crunch. But I drove on the way. I thought, well, I, don't, I didn't feel like I hit anything. I didn't feel a bump. I heard something. But I got about a half a block away. I pulled over to the side, and I'm talking to myself. You know full well you hit that car. You know you backed in. You heard that scrunch. You didn't feel a bump. You heard that scrunch at the back. I said, well... 
And the car's parked there legally, you know. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. The Lord didn't say anything to me. He did. He didn't have to say. He knew I knew. I'm sitting there thinking I'm talking to myself. Well, I got to go back and see how much. Maybe I didn't hit it. I mean, all the while knowing for sure I did. You know, you know when that happened. You know that. You know, it's, you're hoping you didn't, but you know you did. That I had just read about another preacher. I won't go into all that, but that. And I was, I was, it was in my time of seeking God, and I knew. I had to do what I didn't want to do. So I turned around and I drove back. And that car was still right there in the wrong place, parked illegally. And I knew about which corner to expect because I knew as I backed around and angled back of that back corner of his that was sticking out that I would have hit. And I pulled up by the side and I looked at the rocket. I got out and I looked. Now, folks, I know I hit that car. Or at least God made me sure that I didn't see what I would do about it. But when I got back there and looked all over that car, I couldn't find a scratch on it. Now, I'm just, I'm talking about this verse of scripture that I just read, which says, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And when you try to do that, Prove what is acceptable to the Lord, one version says. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Find out what pleases God. That's what it means. And so I knew it wouldn't please God for me to drive away believing I hit that car. That happens all the time, somewhere, some way, every day of your life. There's something like that that you'll have to stop and say, Oh, is this pleasing to the Lord? What would it please the Lord for me to do? In this instance, and what will please the Lord is the right thing. Do the right thing. That's what will please God. I will have to say, one time I was throwing out something out the window on the parking lot. I think this is another McDonald's. There are some, there's some kind of drive-through in here, whatever. I was throwing something out the window on the littering trash out of it. And some young woman pulled her car right up close to my window, lowered her window down. And I thought, oh, she's nice. I lowered my window down. She said, you shouldn't be doing that. Messing up the parking lot. I said, well, you know, actually, you see that young man over there, he's out there sweeping up and cleaning up. And if people like me weren't throwing things out here on the parking lot, he wouldn't have a job. I'm not, I'm not real. I'm not real. I'm not real positive that was the pleasing answer to God, but it was. It seemed reasonable to me. It was a good thing for that young man to keep his job. But, but that's an unimportant thing. But there are times, and they may seem small. But if there are small things that you know you should do to please God or not do because it displeases God and you go on to do it anyway, you're going to find a barrier coming up from your understanding of God and your relationship with Him in your life. And that clouds your knowledge of the will of God. I'm back on track. Actually, I didn't get off of it, but just so you I'm back right where I was starting. All of this is about knowing the will of God. 
And that's the important thing for us. So do what? Try to discern what pleases God. And he, by he saying that, he, said, he is saying, do it. Try to know what pleases God and do it. And then, going on down in this chapter, there's another place in Ephesians chapter 5. Again, still in the same chapter now. I could go all over the scriptures to find places. But I just want you to understand how comprehensive this is. But God put in his word to try to discern what's pleasing to the Lord and do it. He goes on to say, on down further, starting at verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 5, he says, look carefully then how you walk, how you walk in your life, your daily walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Listen to this now. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. He says it is foolish to not understand the will of the Lord. He says it's unwise, and that means foolish. In all the versions, King James says, do not be unwise. The other versions say, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. So not understanding His will is a foolish thing. And there's a foolishness of life not to know God's will. So if that's the case, surely God's not hiding his will from us. God hasn't made a plan that he won't let us know. And he's trying to keep it a secret till the last minute so there'll be a climactic event. We'll say, oh, I finally know the will of God. No. If you know the scriptures today, you know the will of God today. Are you with me? If you know the scriptures today, you know the will of God today. If you know them now, you know the will of God now. If you don't, you can get in the Word, you can read it, you can see it, and you can learn and know what the will of God for you is. And then when God has some greater plan, the development of some plan that He wants to speak to you about, you will be in a place where you can hear His voice. Usually the more difficult the message is going to be that He sends to us, the more he has to get us ready for it. So we've got to learn to walk in his will in order to have any revelation of some exceptional event that he wants to call us to do. If he's going to call you to do some great thing, you've got to understand that God's going to call us to do what he, what he has or will equip us to do. And there's some of you, he's never going to be, he's never going to call you to be a soloist in great Christian crusades around the world where thousands of people come together to hear the gospel because if you got up there as a soloist, they'd all leave. And they would if I got up there to do it too. So there's some things he's not going to call you to do. He's going to call you within the scope of your abilities that he can develop and enhance and strengthen to give you what you need to be done. All right, so let, let me move on and give you the finality of my message. I just glanced at my clock and realized I should be closing. Read Psalm 139, verse 5 and verse 15. God has a plan for you. He has a plan that you can walk in and you can know and understand developing your life if you choose to do it. <laughs> Write it down, Psalm 139, verse 5 and 15. The Bible says he's made a great, great plan for you. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says the very same thing. And here it all comes down to this, my friends. It comes down to this, this clarity in this point, in 1 John, 
chapter 2. The great, great passage of Scripture that everybody ought to learn and be able to quote daily in your life. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 17, and this is what it says. Directions to every Christian, staying within the scope of knowing God's will. How about God's will instead of your will or my will? This is what it needs. This is what it requires. This is what the, the, the criterion is. First John, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world. And you have to be not of the world. You may be in the world, but not of the world. You must be not of the world if you're going to know and walk in and understand and develop the will of God in your life. And this is the last thing that the last verse says. And the world is passing away along with all of its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's you and me, friend. If we do the will of God, we abide forever. I've heard a lot of people say, I was, this is in the past. I haven't heard this lately. But a lot of people used to say, oh, I would serve God. I'd, get, I'd be a Christian. I'd serve God. I'd, 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 do, I'd do what God wants to do, except for one thing. God, I know if I ever got saved, God would call me to preach, and I just don't want to preach. If I've ever heard a flimsy, fabricated, false, conceded reason for not coming to God, that's it. First of all, most likely God doesn't want you to do that. He's got enough preachers like you would be anyway, so he probably doesn't want any more of them. There's enough carnal preachers out there, enough shallow preachers, enough misguided ones, enough culturally correct ones already out there. We don't need any more of those. So don't worry about it. First thing to do is to, work, to know God's will, and then let God tell you. Once you know you're living in God's will, this is the key now. You're already in God's will. He needs to give you no revelation to come into His will. He's already done that in His Word. I hope I, have I, I hope I've clarified that one point to you this morning, if nothing else. That He has He has already opened His will to us. We're walking in His will now. The closer we walk with Him in His will the more likely we are able to hear from Him what He wants us to do as a next step or as a progressive step or as an upward step in serving Him. First, know you're in the will of God now, daily, right now. And if you want to know what God wants you to do, I will tell you the way not to find out what it is. If you want to know, you think God wants you to do something, you want to know what it is, I will tell you the way not to find out what it is. If you don't want to know what God's will really is for you to do, then find yourself a nice, comfortable little chair. Not like this, but find yourself a nice, comfortable little chair where you think you get rested up there. You get yourself in place and you just sit yourself right down there. You say, God, show me what you want me to do. I'm going to sit right here. I'm not going to do anything until you show me. If you show me, though, I'll do it, God. If you call me to Africa, I'll go. Call me to South America, I'll go. Call me to preach, I'll go. Call me to be a missionary, I'll go. Don't 
going to come and do stuff like tithing and going to church and witness. You know, I remember calling me to do stuff like that. I didn't get a very comfortable chair here. That's what might happen to you if you sit down like that. You might get a pinch on the bottom. Excuse me. I didn't, but I could have. But if you don't, if you want to, if you want to not know what God's going to tell you, then just find yourself and say, "I'm going to wait till you tell me something, Lord. I'm going to wait till you show me something." And if you do, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think about doing it. If you really show, but no, you see, God doesn't talk to people about doing something who are not doing anything. I always say God talks to people who talk to Him. If we'll get close to God, know that we've understood His will and we're in His will, we're practicing His will, practicing His will every day, then we're walking into victory, ready for God to lead us on to other things, greater things, fuller things, more complete things, and victorious things. Walking in God's will will develop you to do more for God than you've ever done before. I don't know if you really understand this. I hope you go home and think about this. Maybe go home and get on the Internet and listen to this message again. I say this not boastfully, but I have preached to you a powerful message this morning. I, I've done just what I said I would do. 